Welcome, coaches. This is Tony Schiffman, and you are listening to the Hog Football Podcast. The Hog Football Chat was created as a way for coaches to talk about all things football and all things offensive line, and we took off via Twitter. With the help of so many great sponsors, we were able to create an amazing network of our coaching community. Now we've decided to launch our first ever podcast series. Please don't forget to check out those amazing sponsors on Twitter. This podcast series is presented by Platform, an online strength and conditioning tool that partners with over 800 schools across the country. Go check out platform.com, that's P-L-T-4-M.com for our full series and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. Don't forget to check out at Coach Schiffman on Twitter and use the hashtag HogFootballChat when you're there. We have a great episode for you today, so let's go ahead and kick this off. Before we even kick off the podcast, I want to just remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. All right, here we go. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. Today I have got Coach Kurt Hines with me. Most of you guys will know Coach Hines from Twitter. Uh, He is currently the head football coach at Coronado High School out in California. He spent time in California, spent time in New Hampshire as a head coach. getting the best of both worlds, you know, avoiding the Midwest as, as much as possible. But uh, I'm excited to have Coach Hines with me on today and, and looking forward to talking with him. Coach, how are you? I'm blessed, Coach. I appreciate you having me on. It's, uh, as you and I touched base uh, just a moment ago, it's after all these years of quote-unquote knowing each other, <laughs> it's, it, it's nice to hear your voice and connect. Right, I exactly. It, it is. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of unfortunate that it, it's sort of one of those weird things had the, had the, you know, the coronavirus not happened, would we have gotten this opportunity to, to connect and, and, and network? But, um, you know, so you got to be a little thankful for it in that way. But other than that, you know, it can, it can take a hike anytime soon. <laughs> well said. Yeah. So, you know, you've been coaching for well over 20 years. You've had a lot of great successful teams. Uh, talk to me a little bit uh, about how the offensive line played a part in the success of those teams. Oh, it, it's, it's paramount. I mean, and I know I'm preaching to the choir here. I was just talking to a, a, a coach I just hired onto our staff just yesterday, and both he and I were saying, you know, the, the most valuable coach, and I firmly believe this in any successful organization. You can talk about head coaches or strength coaches, but you've got to have a line coach because I, I personally don't care what offense you run, offense or defense for that matter. I'm more of an offensive guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if you don't have uh, a, a passionate knowledgeable qualified you know, great teaching offensive line coach then you're you're going to be very limited in your your success so line line play is is at the heart of what i believe in as a coach and, and part of that stems back from i was a fat kid right so from from second grade all throughout high school yeah you know, i grew out of you know the, the chubbiness but i i was always a lineman until college and then then they moved me to uh, a glorified lineman where i was a a tight end, if you will, <laughs> uh, but more, more of a blocking tight end. Um, it's, it's everything. I, I think it sets, it sets the stage for the culture of the team. And I really believe that because if you talk about the selfless players, you know, we talk about being selfless as leaders, but selfless players, Lyman, we all know this, you know, they, they don't get the glory. Right. You know, and all too often they get the blame when, when the quarterback throws an interception or gets a sack and, Parents from the stands are yelling that, hey, after five seconds, why didn't you block somebody? <laughs> and, and they're doing all they can. So uh, it's, 
I mean, I, I have such a spot in my heart for Lyman because it's, uh, it is the heart of the team. Absolutely. It, it really is. And it's such a, it truthfully is such a fun position to be around and to coach. And, uh, you know, I, I, I played it in high school and in college. So it's, it's always fun for me to kind of, to, to be around it as much as possible and, and have those relationships. So, um, you know, you, you, you kind of touched on my first question. You, you talked about, um, you, you just recently hired a coach. Uh, I'm always kind of curious, you know, myself as a former head coach and, and you obviously being a head coach and a lot of time as, as, as that in that role, talk to me a little bit about your, um, you know, how you, what you look for when you hire an assistant and kind of uh, the struggles you may have had in, in, in kind of filling a staff and keeping that staff. Great, great question. So that's evolved over the years for me. Um, and I don't say this to try to sound humble coach, but my first two years specifically, <laughs> I had other, you know, just struggling years, but my first two years as a head coach in New Hampshire at Bedford High School um, were you know, we lost every game my first year. We didn't have seniors, um, but th that was only a small fraction of, of the equation. And second year, we, lo we won two games. But much of that failure, if you will, from the team as far as not winning games came down to me as a head coach because I was trying to do way too much and I was not delegating enough and I was hiring coaches off of resumes. So as I've evolved as a coach, as, as I've humbled myself and realized I have a lot of strengths, but I also have weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And I think there's great power and strength and humility in saying, okay, I don't know everything about defense or, or anything for that matter, but defense, for example, <laughs> or offensive line play or special teams, and then surrounding yourselves with great assistant coaches. I used to, past tense, hire coaches off of meeting with them, looking at their letters of recommendation and kind of going from that and made mm -hmm. a lot of mistakes. Because you know as well as I do, there are some coaches who have been coaches for years, so they look like they've got all the experience, right. but maybe they weren't under the other head coaches that were doing things, as we would see, correct. Or they have coached or played at the collegiate or professional level, and just playing at that level, or even coaching at that level sometimes, doesn't necessarily make you a great communicator or a great coach. So what I do now is I will meet with an individual and the first time I, I sit down with them face-to-face, -face, I try not to talk football at all because I'm a firm believer also. You know, most of us can, can teach our coaches how we want them to run certain drills. Mm -hmm. and, but I, I want to get to know, know them as, as, a, as a man or a woman, um, but just really what makes them tick. And I think in the interview process, everyone has the interview answers. You know, we want to teach fundamentals raise better young men they say all the nice things right but, you know when the crap hits the fan the true colors come out so when i first meet with them now really try to just talk to them on a personal level about life whatever i'll meet with them a second time and the second time i ask them to come into the weight room i tell them come into the weight room i don't really even want to talk to them much and they always say well what do you want me to do i'm like whatever you want you can live for the guys you can just step step back and, and watch you can talk mm -hmm. to people and that's telling for me, coach, because I've had guys come in sometimes that in that first meeting, talk about the unsung heroes, talk about the little guys, talk about how it's not just about working with the studs. And then when they come in for the second quote unquote interview or step of the process, they gravitate towards the studs. They right. walk right past the skinny kid or the fat kid or whatever. And that's really telling to me. Um, if, if they pass the first two steps, if you will, of that process, um, once, and I usually have a few assistant coaches in the weight room with me, I talk to the players afterwards. Hey, you know, that, that 
guests that had come in the weigh room, what was your feeling? Because they have a great sense. Um, and if those things work out, then I'll meet uh, a third time. And then we dive into football and really get to know, you not what the paper says in a, in a letter of recommendation. Um, and I've actually stopped asking for letters of recommendation because I thought about this years ago and I, I didn't come up with this myself. <laughs> I'm not that smart, but I remember hearing or reading from someone else. None of us are going to hand over a letter of recommendation that's not glowing. Right. You know, we're, we're going to talk to our aunt, our uncle, ask for a different name if, if we don't have legitimate, you know, letters of recommendation. So th th those pieces of paper for me really don't mean much. I want to get to know them myself and, and go from there. Right. That's, yeah, that's, I mean, those are some really great points you bring up that, that, you know, you want to, everybody, everybody, it's kind of like us as, as coaches, everything always looks great on paper. Um, but what happens, like you said, when it, you know, when it hits the fan, what's, what's going to, what's going to happen. And that's great as, a, as, as young coaches, you know, anybody listening who, who maybe is, is looking for a new job or, or, or trying to get into the, into the game, don't, you know, be the biggest piece of advice I can tell you is be yourself because that's, that's eventually what everybody's going to see anyways. And, and don't, don't try to, you know, kind of like you were talking about, don't try to make yourself look all, all glowing, at, you know, at point A, but then at point B, you kind of, the, 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 the polish starts to come off a little bit. So try to just be you because like you said too, the kids are going to smell that bull crap from miles yes. away anyways. And so it's going to always, it's going to always come back to bite you in the butt if you sort of are, are fibbing a little bit. And, and I love the way you said that because I think if there's such a danger for, for us, quote unquote, coaches in any, at any level, any sport, we look at the coaches that are successful, whether it's high school, college, professional ranks. And man, if I try to emulate what Bill, um, Belichick does. I mean, he's a genius. There's, mm -hmm. I'm a Cowboys fan, by the way. So Patriots, <laughs> even though I'm from, I'm born and raised in Rhode Island. All my family and friends, and my wife is a Patriots fan, but I have nothing but respect for him as a coach. But that's not my style. Right. You know, it's just different. So I think you know what you say there, as far as being yourself. There's so much power to that, and it's a great tool, you know, to to share with our players that not everyone can be that rah 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 hype coach. Not everyone's because all of our players are so different. So right. if we authentically are ourselves. We're going to have a better program just simply because coaches are being themselves and you allow players to be themselves and not try to fit into some stereotypical mold. Right. That, and that's a great, that you do, you bring up another great point of that. You know, don't, don't try to be somebody you're not, you know, you, you brought up the example of being a rah, rah coach. I, I myself am not a rah, rah coach. So when wait, I, wait a minute, quick, I have to interrupt you here. Yeah, because, and I love this because and I've I, since the, however I came across your your Twitter account, I'm looking at the page right now on the Zoom here, and it's the one. <laughs> it's the you know which one it is. Yeah, it's, I know. The blood coming down from your forehead. If if I had to judge a book by its cover, and I, and I mean this in the best of ways, I would picture you being that rah rah rah. I, I am I, not. I, it it when I when I was a head coach and would try to be sort of that guy. It it was it felt fake to me, and, and I know that if it felt fake to me, it definitely felt fake to the guys. And so I I mean I can remember I I would tell um, one of my you know our my basically my my top assistant who is now the head coach at, at Fort Madison, I would always tell him, hey man, you gotta you gotta be my juice guy because it's I can't I'm not good at it, <laughs> you know I, I've always I've always sort of yes I am an idiot I headbutt players and I, I my <laughs> bleeding picture but 
Um, that's more just to get my nerves calm for the game because I treat the game almost like I'm a player still. So yep, um, I love it. Yeah. That, that rah, rah stuff, I'm just not good at it. And, and so, and I'll, I'll be the first one to admit that and tell you that too. So well, it's, it's funny too, if I can share one more quick thing. Yeah. It's uh, my, my first year as head coach, I had one of my assistants and we're great friends now. He actually just moved out to California recently because his wife, uh, they had their first child and, and she's from here. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was my line coach, Derek Stank, and, and have nothing but love and respect for him as a human being, as a coach. He, he's just a technician and fantastic. But our first two years, two or three years, we butt heads a lot. I mean, just so many levels. That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but, but he came to me after one, man, this was probably three weeks into our first practice or, or, or three weeks into our first year coaching together. I was the head coach and I remember we were doing a little racehorse offense uh, at one point in the practice and he came over to me and goes, coach, you got to calm down. I looked at him. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, I know you're all hype and excited. Like, this is just practice. And you know, if, if kids see you like that in a game and then we start losing, they're going to see you different. And I'll never forget it. I looked at him. I was like, Derek, they're never going to see me different because for right. me, that's who I am. I'm, I'm a very emotional. And like you said, it, it's, it, if it doesn't feel right, you shouldn't do it. And if it feels right, even though other people tell you not to, I say still do it. Yeah. Then you to to yourself. You have to just so, – so I'm, I'm, I'm always on fire and, and emotional and rah, rah, rah. And, and when we're losing, I'm the exact same way. And you do have to be careful that that doesn't turn in a negative. Right. Coaches or players or whatever. So like, for me, it's just about keeping that same energy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's you're 100% correct. And you hit the nail on the head. Don't – don't change who you are from from Monday to Friday just because you're trying to to you know keep the keep the peace or anything you know be you coach coach how you coach and do what you do so um, you know you talked a little bit you mentioned my Twitter page and and you know I, I would be I would be remiss if I didn't mention your Twitter page uh, you've got something like eight million and a half followers <laughs> or something like that but um, you know you and I are both kind of cut from the same cloth we we treat social media very um, very similar. Uh, talk to me about how you sort of started started that game of, of social media, and, and talk to me kind of about your your presence there, and, and what what you know what you're just trying to accomplish uh, with that social media presence. Yeah, um, you know, it, my, my wife, I, I feel bad just for her right now because she's uh, with this this quarantine thing. She's working ten feet away from me on her computer, so she's heard the story a million times, but. <laughs> I, my, my background, I always knew I wanted to be an elementary school teacher. I've always been artistic. I paint murals and stuff, and I have a great love for the arts. Um, once I got into coaching, it, I just, I've always loved playing since second grade. That was great. Social media, when Facebook and Instagram came out, it was a natural progression. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I, I can share, share my artwork. I can connect with people. I, I resisted. I actually fought against Twitter for the longest time because I was like, I'm not, no, like, that's not me. Like, no. right. Well, my wife, you know, just she's my best friend my biggest supporter she would and still does come to every game home and away and back in new hampshire when we would be at an away game by the time the game was over by the time we left and got in the bus she was already home and we were just pulling out of the parking lot so i used to text her or call her and ask her to watch the news and find out which of our opponents won or lost and try to find the standings Mm -hmm. so she was like just get on twitter you can follow different reporters (laughs) and so that's why i got on and it's funny, I remember uh, the, the day before we moved from New Hampshire to drive across country, I remember sitting on the couch, scrolling through my phone, and uh, I had something like 1,880, actually not something, I do remember the number for some very weird reason. Mm-hmm. Um, it was 1,888 followers. I remember thinking to myself, 
who gives a rat's tail? Like why, you know, what I have to say. Right. And uh, then I just started sharing some videos and it started to resonate with certain people. Um, your, your, your question, I heard you on a, on a, I think it was a chief pigskin report. I'm like, man, that, that's just like you said, cut from the same cloth because I think social media is a great thing. I'm yeah. going to steal what you said. I've shared it before, but it's not mine. You and I would have never connected. You know, I've, I've learned things that are coached from you, things you post, different things that have, that have made me a better coach. And, and that's what it's all about for me. I think, I think Twitter, social media is like a loaded gun mm-hmm. in, in the right hands. It's going to save and improve and change some lives for the positive in the wrong hands. You can lose jobs. You can lose, you know, scholarships and all that. Yeah. For me, my, my platform is, and it's funny because I always say faith, family, football, which once again, it's been around well before I was born. Um, you don't ever want to be preachy on different things. And I'm sure certain times people think I am being, well, I, my thought is to keep scrolling or, or block me or delete me or whatever. Right. But, you know, if we can share one thing as a man or woman, husband, father, teacher, coach, whatever, if you can share something that blesses someone and makes them better, brightens their day. And, and I feel, you know, sometimes the videos I put out there, I put them out there because it, it just means something to me, mm-hmm. you know, and it resonates with a lot of people. Sometimes they're just stupid little things. I did a video with my wife, my, my daughter, and her future son-in-law the other night because the whole quarantine that wasn't going to bless anyone, <laughs> but made, made, a few, made a few people smile. So I, I, I think it's a great thing. I, I think it's, a, it's an opportunity to reach more people than ever before. Right. And then the question comes to us is how are we going to use that platform? Right. Well, and I, I think, I think, you know, you talk a little bit about social media and, you know, it's the same as, as we just talked about as a coach, you know, you, you aren't somebody different on Twitter than you are in real life. You're, that's what you get. You know, what, what you see on your Twitter page is what you're going to get when you, when you, you know, you see, you see you in, in real life or, or shake your hand or meet you in person. That's, that's who you are. That's what you are. And, um, you're proud of it. You don't want to, you know, you're not going to be, you're not going to be somebody different than, than what you are. And I think that's great. I think that's awesome. I've tried to sort of live that same philosophy through my social media, I guess, if you want to call it. And, you know, I'm not going to, while I am a football coach, it's not always about football. It's not always about, uh, about that only. So, you know, you have to try to keep things a little light sometimes and have fun with it because it it is, it's, I mean, at the end of the day, it's fun. It's, it's, you know, what, what, where else can you go and, and talk to people from all over the world and, and have stupid hashtags and do silly <laughs> things and just, you know, enjoy it. So it's, it's, um, I think again, you and I, you and I are, are very cut from the same cloth in regards to our social media and, and kind of how we, um, how we, we handle it and, and, and choose to, um, choose to use it. So. We, we, we're very similar with one, one exception in that, you're not guilty of retweeting yourself, but I, but I am. I'm not. So. You're right. That's I get on some tangents about that sometimes, but I'll, well, I, I'll, uh... I I remember one time you posted something about that, and I've always said to my own children, my wife and I have four now adult children, but you know when they were growing up, hey, if someone says something about you, if it's not true, don't let it bother you. Just <laughs> let it go. So I I saw that tweet of yours, and I got a little butt hurt. I'm like, wait a minute, he's 100 percent right. Well, but then go, going back to this is my lame justification, by mm-hmm. the way, if, if, if I can have a little uh, commercial like this, you know, a, a lame excuse. I, uh, as I said, as far as coaching, like don't change who you are. I feel, and this is a lame excuse, but if you have something that you think 
could reach more people. Hey, Nike does it. I'm not comparing myself to Nike. Right. Under Armour. If we're going to put something out there and you have the opportunity on this free platform to share it again. So that, that's my excuse. Well, <laughs> I, I can tell you with 100% honesty that when I made those comments and had the, I was not talking about you. So I can, <laughs> full disclosure, you were not the reason for those comments. So I, I promise you that. <laughs> well, I, well, I appreciate it, but, yeah. I, but I, I am guilty. So uh, <laughs> It's okay. I'll live it's with okay. it. <laughs> um, well, last question I've got for you, Coach. And, and again, you've been coaching for, for 20 plus years, so I'm kind of looking forward to the answer. Um, if you could put together a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen from uh, guys you've coached, maybe guys you played with, or guys that you were just a fan of, uh, you know, through the NFL or college or whatever, who would be on that five-man Mount Rushmore? Wow, you know what's funny? Uh, that, that's such a great question. My, my answer is going to make sense to the, probably no one in, unless they're the individuals. <laughs> I, ha- I have to give a shout-out to Corey Proctor. Are you, are you familiar with Corey? I'm not. So I wasn't either, but I was speaking at a coaching clinic in Mississippi two or three years ago, and uh, I've always been a diehard Cowboys fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, this guy with a blue check, former center for the Dallas Cowboys, Corey Proctor, uh, private messaged me and said, "Oh, I'm going to go, you know, listen to you speak." I'm like, "What are you speaking on?" He's like, "No, I'm just, I'm just going to hear you speak." I'm like, "I was like, I was like a 13 year old schoolgirl." So we, uh, <laughs> we we met in the Dallas Fort Worth airport. I had already had a rental car, so I'm not small, but he's a mammoth. Mm-hmm. So it was almost like a scene from Dumb and Dumber where we're both sitting in this tiny car driving together, had the best <laughs> conversation, but uh, I, I would have him as my center. Okay. Uh, and, and I've been blessed to coach some great centers over the years. I, you know, I played center myself uh, in high school, was not, was not one that would ever be close to the, the rocks at the bottom of Rushmore. <laughs> um, as far as guards, there, there's a, a young man who I coached back in, and I'm not going to go with any, any other pros here, just, just uh, okay. personal experiences. Um, Joe Tebow was a 180 pound soaking wet offensive guard. We had that to this day was one of the best linemen I ever coached because he had a motor where he could just, you know, we, we did a lot of, we do, did and do a lot of zone blocking and he could get off to that backer and not just get there, but he'd go there and, and create havoc for those backers. He was just a, a nasty, violent player. He could kick out a DN like no other. Uh, so he would, he would definitely be there. Um, as far, as far as tackles, you know, I actually, uh, Anthony Costanzo, he actually, actually, he does play for the Colts now. I never had a chance to, to coach him. I think he played for the Colts mm-hmm. 13 or 14 years from but Boston he, college. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so here, here's a very quick story. I, I ran a football camp back in New Hampshire and one of my former players who played right tackle, Richie Lapham, who I would throw on there, big redhead kid who, uh, was, average at best until his, se- <laughs> until his senior year but just trusted the process he was one of those tall lanky kids that you thought man it looks like a baby giraffe is just trying to walk for the first time right but uh but came to every workout came to every practice was coachable was yes coach no coach and not one of those dismissive like just saying yes to get you to shut up but was absorbing everything right he went on to play at boston college and i had him speak at one of my camps and he called like an hour before the day that he was scheduled to come and, and participate and help out. And I thought, Oh man, is he going to cancel? And he said, no, I got, I got a teammate that, that plays with me. Can he come and talk and had a chance to meet Anthony Costanzo. And he spoke to our te- to the whole, it wasn't just our team. It was surrounding communities. And he said, you know, my dream has always been to play in the NFL and to, now this was the summer before his senior year at Boston college, mm-hmm. play in the NFL and to cure cancer. And he said, there's a good chance I might be drafted. 
Now I didn't realize how good he was at the time. He got drafted, <laughs> good drafted in the first round. Right. And been there since. And then uh, he said, you know, I'm graduating from Boston college with a degree in medicine. So he goes, I'm on the path to be able to help that out. And he's such, such a humble, humble person. Uh, I just, just can't say enough about him. So I, I think I'm just missing a, 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 an additional guard now. And if I had to throw another one up there, we're, we're talking just offense. Yeah. Okay. I, I would have to go. I'm going to go back way back to Barrington high school where I grew up and uh, say Chris Bianco, which is not, I don't think he even has social media. <laughs> he, he was uh, one of my, my high school teammates and uh, man, he and I would have battles. You know, if, if you were walking past us at a practice, you would hate, we, you would think we hated each other. Right. You know, and, and we had such a love and respect for each other, but we both were had just so competitive. Um, he almost always got the better of me, but he made me that much better because he would beat me up in practice. But he was an all-state heavyweight wrestler and a guard that also just uh, didn't have the speed and the motor like Joe Tebow I talked about. Mm-hmm. But, man, he, he, he's one that comes to mind that just uh, – I preach to our players all the time, like, man, I, I want you guys fighting with each other in practice. I want there to be that piss and vinegar and that, that energy. Right. And then when, when you step off the field, I want you guys laughing, eating meals together and hugging each other. But uh, – yeah, so so pro- probably uh, it sounds like you knew Anthony Costanzo, but the other gentleman probably not. No, yeah, not not familiar, but I I remember I I I've watched uh, you know obviously with the Colts and kind of the success they've had recently, and and you know everybody's in love with Quentin Nelson. I've I've watched some of their offense line play, so he's I I know who you're talking about, and I uh, he's from Illinois too. He's from uh, yes, he is. He went to Lake Zurich High School, so I'm I'm familiar with him as well for that. So um, fantastic, good good group. So. Well, Coach, real quick before we go, um, do me a favor. Uh, if anybody doesn't know your Twitter handle, which uh, shame on them, do me a favor, drop your Twitter <laughs> handle real quick um, and any other information you want these guys to know. Yeah, you're awesome, Coach. It's, it's, uh, it's Coach Kurt Hines, uh, K-U-R-T-H-I-N-E-S. And that's the same for Instagram. And, and I'm, <laughs> you're, 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 I'm never going to live this down now. I'm also not happy to, or, or proud to admit that I'm also on TikTok. I know. I saw. I'm, I'm a little disappointed in your, in, your, in your TikTok. And I will never, ever, ever make a TikTok. <laughs> that makes two of us. Yeah. Of us. <laughs> um, it's the same Coach Kurt Hines on there. But I also do a podcast with a, with a friend out here I connected with through a, a church group. But uh, Mark Tides, for what it's worth, coaching podcast, we uh, – we, we've been dropping the ball a little bit with uh, just our busy schedules and everything. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and then I have a website, uh, Coach, Kurt, Coach Kurt Hines, I think it is. I never go to it, .com. <laughs> but I, I appreciate the, co- the opportunity, Coach, to uh, – I've got nothing but the utmost respect for you and, and how you share your passion for the, for the sport and for the people. So I, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Likewise. And, you know, you, I'm glad we got to finally connect a little bit and talk and it's been, it's been great. And, and, you know, I, I look forward to, to continuing to, to build this relationship and, and talk with you more down the, down the road. So, um, you know, thank you for coming on. Hopefully you guys are all staying safe and staying healthy out there and, and uh, good luck to you guys this upcoming season. You as well, coach. I uh, talk to you soon. Thank yes. You. Thanks. Thanks again for everyone listening, and remember to go check out Platform.com for the full series of Hog Football podcast episodes. We want to thank everybody for their continued support, and be on the lookout for our Hog Football Chat series from Twitter on our website, hogfootballchat.net. You can check out all of our great sponsors and tons of awesome...